Blog Talk Radio. about our children first and foremost we really are talking about the future of our nation of our communities and we have to reach out to them so that in the future not only will they be successful but they will also reach back as well when they succeed and move forward this is something that has to remain a part of our community and um, we, we really have to put our children first and foremost couldn't say it better myself. I, I appreciate you pointing that out. Why don't you go ahead and introduce our show topic today? We have two very special guests. The Asheboro Improvement Association is a community organization committed to the betterment of others in their community. The group has recently taken on the enormous task of saving their local facility that houses the Boys and Girls Club after-school program and daycare. Where will the children go? What will they do if they don't have the support and backing of their community? Well, the Asheboro Improvement Association is not willing to find out. They are stepping up to the challenge and answering the call of leadership. Welcome board members Dexter Trogdon Jr. and Ms. Sentara Harris. Dexter and Sentara, welcome to the Brown Bag. I'm so glad to have you on. Hi, how you doing? We're doing great, man. I'm glad you're able to join us this morning. Dexter, take our listeners into what's going on in Asheboro right now. Uh, from what I understand, there's a, a movement to save uh, some facilities there that are very important to the community. Brief our listeners on what's going on. Okay. First, I'd like to thank you guys for having us on the show. Um, I enjoyed that intro music. That's kind of got me in the in the mood of things this morning. <laughs> um, <laughs> Glad to hear that. Yeah, that had me that had me shaking my head pretty good right there. I like that. Um, Thanks. I, if I could bring our quick history on this, um, in 1926, the Randolph County Training School (RCTS) was erected on Watkins Street in Asheboro, North Carolina. Um, for much of its history. 
RCTS was the only secondary school serving all black residents of Randolph County. Um, later in the 1940s, its name changed to Central High School. The community have always taken pride and fully supported the school and its facilities. In 1965, Central High School was forced to close due to integration of the schools. In December of 1981, the community acquired Central School Gymnasium mm-hmm. on the east side of Asheboro in the elementary building, which is now the home of the Asheboro Daycare. Now, what happened is the former East Side Improvement Association Board obtained a loan for repairs and renovations to the Central Gymnasium, which houses our Asheboro Boys and Girls Club. Currently, the loan is in default with a balance of $82,940.99. We identified the the initial problems, and what it was, it was lack of revenue and cash flow from the daycare and central gym. Mm -hmm. And it, it affected everything in a major way. What we are asking is... We've set together a major campaign to avoid foreclosure on the historic buildings, and uh, we're asking for the citizens to support the East Side on the Move fundraiser campaign. We're raising money before the hearing date, which I believe is is this month, the end of this month. Okay. Now let me ask you this: What are you noticing from the community now that they've been challenged to step up? and um, work to save this historic facility. We've noticed a major spark in the community. I mean, we have people that's, that's from here and far, uh, people that grew up in this town. They um, they might have moved away. We even have some that are in the military way out in Germany. Uh, they're, wow. they're sending donations. Uh, we have people in uh, Arizona, uh, California, I mean, Seattle. They're, and these are people that, that, that had direct contact with these buildings. And they're saying, no way, we don't want this to happen. And they're just, they're really energized to help. Yeah, and I appreciate you sharing that. Let's bring uh, Centauri Harris on. Centauri, now I know you are also, you know, born and raised in, in that area. Tell us what the Boys and Girls Club has meant to you uh, through the years and, and what this mission is all about. Okay, well, growing up here, as you said, um, the, the, the Central Gymnasium and Asheboro Daycare were basically the only places for African-American children to go and and go to daycare and get that prep work in before they started school. And also um, the Central Gymnasium housed a summer program um, before it was the Boys and Girls Club. So for years, to me, these buildings have been important because my mother was an assistant director at the daycare, and I went to after school there. My bus would drop me off there in the afternoon, and we'd get off and have a snack and do after-school activities, go outside and play and things of that nature. When I was old enough to start going to the gym during the summertime, um, all day camp we had, we'd go swimming and go on field trips and play games and interact with our friends that I guess we normally wouldn't get to see maybe over the summer had we not had somewhere to go that we know was safe and people in our community were going to take care of us. Um, It's so funny because it kind of brings all of us back together who went there. Um, Daniil McNair, our president, was actually one of my camp counselors when I was a little kid and uh, wow. Once I turned 14, my, myself and a lot of my friends, that was our first job. We we grew up there, so they rehired kids from the community to come back and work at the summer camp. So, you know, I started at 14 and started as a junior counselor and kind of moved my way up. And before the program closed and they turned it into the Boys and Girls Club, I had worked up to assistant director. Um, in 2001, they closed the building down for renovations. That's when the mm-hmm. loan was taken out. Um, and then they opened it up and, and started a Boys and Girls Club here, and I came back and worked four more years at the Boys and Girls Club, you know, helping with homework and doing field trips and World of Work tours and um, different projects and art projects and all those sort of things, trying to give back. Also, you know, making sure that these kids had somewhere safe to go, that they would have a snack every afternoon, 
they had some people that were positive to look up to and mentor them, and we kept them involved in athletics and, and all sorts of things. So it's so important for me because I, I just know where myself and my friends would have been had we not had these buildings to go to. And, wow. and the biggest inspiration for me is that these kids that I have helped mentor, raise, <laughs> teach, tutor, those sort of things are now stepping up and they're getting a fire behind them and saying, if it wasn't for you and those other people that worked there, we wouldn't have had anywhere to go or we wouldn't have turned out like this. So now it's our turn to help step up and kind of get behind you guys in this initiative and save these buildings as well. So the kids I've known since six years old and, and, and watched grow up in this program are now the ones that are standing beside me in this fight, and that, that really means a lot to me. Wow, that's powerful. That's powerful. Dex, to bring this thing close to home for our listeners, talk about what this facility means to the community and what it would mean if it were not there. Oh, man, it's, it's, that would be tragic. Um, yeah. we, we, have, we have a lot of people in this community that came through that area, through those buildings. Um, me, myself, uh, I remember when I was very young, uh, there was a little tiny swimming pool in the back of where the daycare is, and the whole community swam in that pool. Um, it had, it had, I think, a little glass on the bottom and everything, but we swam in that pool. I mean, that whole community every, everywhere uh, came to that pool, and then they had a little basketball goal up there. It wasn't that, it wasn't that fancy, but we played up there. And uh, now the, this changed to across the street. It's a big park over there. But um, this community, I'm telling you, everyone that's been through there knows the importance of those buildings. Um, just like uh, Miss Miss uh, Center Ray Harris said, uh, everything that we did over there in those days were for those kids. Um, you know, growing up when she worked there, um, I remember helping over there, taking kids from there before the Boys and Girls Club, taking kids from there over to the pool mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in our cars, and we and we would do it. You know, volunteer that because we wanted them not to not have uh another outlet. Uh there's plenty of other outlets over there on the east side, trust me. And uh yeah. we, if 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 we can keep them over there in those buildings and have them doing some kind of activities other than standing on a corner, uh getting shot at or any of that other stuff, we we would do it. And uh yeah. it, it trust me, it 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 works. I I would like to add that like it's just uh important <clears throat> to us because of some of the the coming together activities we have here. Every year we have a Martin Luther King breakfast here, um, right. which was started by one of our um, <clears throat> leaders in the community, Mr. Leo Luther, who used to pay for it out of his pocket every year. Every wow. every year we come together, have a huge breakfast, pray, sing. We have a keynote speaker. Um, you know, our elected officials and dignitaries come out and. We have an amazing time celebrating the life and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And then we go together and we walk, we march, we do a march. It's symbolic of what he did in his day to always remember where we came from and always remember those people that paved the way for us um, coming up. We also do something called May Day, which is a big like street festival celebration, and that's always something big that people come out for and you know just have a good time, and it gives you that good sense of community. Um, we've had, you know, we've had plays here. We've had different activities that, that just t- kind of gives you that sense of community that you always want and just knowing that this is this is a part of you. This is something you own. You helped build. You helped, um, you know, shape, and, and you want to keep that going on for that next generation and the generations to come. You know, it's powerful that you say that, and um, I'm recently talking to my mentor, and he told me, he said, Mike, uh, ministry without a sense of urgency leads to catastrophe. And when he told me that, it just really just floored me, and it really connects to what you guys are doing now. You know, we talk about ministry, we talk about, you know, serving the needs of others, community being there for one another. Um, That's what I see being demonstrated right now. And for however reason we got there, to, to this place, um, it's important, but it's not what's most important. I think what's right. really most important is that the community sat back and said, 
Well, actually, let me change that. Didn't sit back, but stepped up and said, not on our watch. Right. Uh, and, and I'm telling right. you, it's motivating, it's inspiring, and it, it causes those who are on the periphery, you know, who are on the outside looking in, you know, we hope that it motivates them to do something. Uh, tell me, Centurate, how can people who have already been inspired by what you've had to say, how can they help out? We are asking for donations, and um, we have two accounts on Fundly.com, and they can go on, um, and they're under Save Central Gym and Ask for Daycare. And there's also another one under Central Gym, Ask for Daycare Fundraiser. Um, if they aren't able to donate, at least they can go on our Facebook pages on our Fundly accounts and just say that they are a supporter. If they do that, at least that goes to their news feed and it shows support for us, which may cause donations from some of their Facebook friends. Um, physically, they can mail in donations to Eastside Improvement Association, um, P.O. Box 423, Asheboro, North Carolina, 27204. Um, and, and any other way that they want to help, if they can send donations, if they can spread the word, if they can just yeah. pray for us, I, I keep telling people I like I understand at some point some people are in financial situations and maybe they can't give. I said, but to to fight this fight has been physically draining for me personally, and and I and and we just have a lot of work to do. But if I know somebody's out there praying for me, or will send a message to just say, hey, I appreciate what you're doing, or whatever the case may be, that gives me that little push I need to keep going. Is it, this isn't easy, and it's turned into more of an extra job, but it's got to be done. And and like you said, we have to have that sense of urgency. Yeah. Like today we're having a community rally at 3 o'clock um, at the Central Gymnasium in Asheboro. We're doing um, a thing called 144 Envelopes, something I found online. When people walk in, if they want to commit to playing the game, they take an envelope, and whatever number's on it between one and 144, they put that amount in the envelope as their donation. Oh, that's great. You and know, I would so I would add on that also, I'm sorry. I would add on that that those those um contributions that people do donate are tax deductible. Right. That's okay. That's they good. are tax deductible and we are trying to give everybody as much credit as we can for those who are donating. We are making it very much known that these people are supporting us and they are donating. And, you know, there's people who, who may not be able to give money but who have went out and gotten door prizes for the rally today and there's companies that have donated stuff to auction off and things of that nature. So it, it's been a beautiful thing to watch, to see people who not even have a vested interest in this but maybe just know somebody on the board or know somebody that these buildings mean something to or just know that these kids need somewhere to go and they're stepping up and donating. Absolutely. And I believe um, Michael Fordham was going to come in with the question. Um, but well, before I, he does, I, go ahead, Mike. Oh, well, I just wanted to say, you know, you guys bring to light something um, really important, I think, in, you know, ministry in civic organizations. You know, it, it's a way to really um, show who you are and your connection to the church by getting right, out there right. yeah. amongst people who have a heart to give and to support their communities as well and, and be an example to them of, right. um, you know, of your, your church, your faith, your belief, and um, the impact that you can have by also bringing in more support when needed from right. your your church and other uh, groups that they may be affiliated with. So, you know, I'm looking at this as something that is a, is a process that should be identified within itself that people really ought to understand the power of their mm -hmm. involvement with other civic right. organizations. Yeah, Right, and that's exactly what we're doing. We're trying to ignite these people up and, and let them know that, hey, Every, we're doing this together regardless. You're gonna, it's going to be transparent. You're going to be able to see everything we do. We're going to show you what we got, and we're just going to take it to the bridge. Um, and, I, and we've given back everything that we can uh, out of this last week um, through the board, and, and these, guys are, these guys are wonderful. I mean, they are working so hard, and I really appreciate, uh, the, well, everyone appreciates what they're doing. 
Yeah, give a shout out, Dex. Who are because a lot of times, you know, we we're only able able to highlight a few folks. But um, right. I can just tell from the conference call that I was on, this is a total team effort. Give a shout out to the board members who are spending so Absolutely. much of their time, and and um, you know those who have might not be on the board but that are contributing. Any names you want to drop? I, I know we don't want to get too locked into that because we might right, overlook right. somebody, but just give a shout-out to some of those who might be working behind the scenes. I sure will. I sure will. Uh, we have Daniil McNair. He's the president. He's a North Carolina A&T alumni and former football player, um, transferred from Wake Forest to, to A&T, and he's, uh, he's very – this guy here, I'm telling you, he he can go. He knows he knows his <laughs> history. He knows his history. He'll go back and look at things, and he's, he's – uh, uh, on cho- he's in charge of uh, a, re- a reunion committee, and he'll go back as far as is seventeen uh, hundreds and find out who the, you know who the guy wow. was that owned the, his family. Yeah, he'll find out. He's that type of person. And then you have uh, Janitha Ghost, and she's a secretary. She is very professional. This lady here, she go as soon as we tell her something, she it's on paper, it's typed, it's done. Wow. I mean, she she has it logged in every account, every donation. She puts it wow. down. And then she passes it over to Michelle Hammond, and Michelle Hammond, they ta- they're kind of like a tag team, kind of what me and C- Miss Cinderella is doing today. They're, they tag team each other and make sure everything is in order before the next board meeting. Then we have uh, Dr. Rochelle Rush Cassidy. She's the CFO. She she's a very sweet lady. She's uh she has everything under control for us fundraising and financing. And she she will lock us in and tell us what she has, and we'll, we'll tag team and call her and. Yeah, she's on it. Uh, we have Robin Mabry, Director of Activities. Uh, she's a very professional, stern lady. She definitely is in control of, of uh, what we do on the board. Uh, me, myself, Dexter Trogdon, Jr., I'm Director of Public Relations, trying to keep us in the know with the public and the board, keeping them right. as the in, intertwined. Uh, Ms. Senator Ray Harris is the fundraising chair. She She's running everything that has to do with fundraising here. Uh, for the community and tag teaming with me and getting the word out. Um, Bradley Brown, he's a fundraising assistant to uh, Miss Senator Harris, and he's a he's a very big guy. He's a, he used to be a football player also, but he's very humble. Very humble. He'll do anything you tell him to do. Uh, in a nutshell, these guys are fired up. They're they're donating time, their own money. Uh, just uh, oh, I forgot my my assistant, Quentin Lewis. He's the assistant of public directions, and he just donated all his time and money uh, to this charitable fund fundraiser today. Wow! Uh, he's wow. A, he's a manager at McDonald's, and uh, he's contacted other McDonald's and donated a lot of food for the day and drink. Wow. So it's yeah, we're we're definitely fired up and on it. And Cynthia, talk about those who might be on the sidelines, and and you know, as Dexter Jr. just shared, you know, uh, all the energy and passion that that people are pouring in to help make this effort, you know, be an effort that is one of integrity. Talk a little bit about those who might be wanting to donate, but they're saying, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I want to put my money behind it. It might not work. You know, talk about that sense of uh, financial integrity that you all are trying to to bring about to make sure that the seeds that are planted are being planted into fertile ground. Um, but definitely, as as Dexter said before, we are trying to be more transparent. Um, so if you're donating online, there is a Fundly account, and there's a page. Or, or both of the pages are set up to where you can go on and you can click the person's face and see that they donated money. Um, as soon as you donate on Fundly, if you're on Facebook, it generates a message that said, I supported this campaign, I donated it won't tell the amount that person donated, but it does tell the general amount of how much has been raised on each account. Um, so also as board, as board members and fundraising chairs, like I have on my Fundly account a printout as well as Dexter has on his, a printout that will be presented to the board and, of course, at some point we'll present to the community of the donations that were sent in. So we have documentation to prove and in what, you know, what time. It can show you when it's posted to the account, like everything. Um, we are not at all trying to be, you know, uh, hiding anything or, or not transparent because we know that's where some of the problems have come in in the past. So we right. want people, um, we want to attach some faces with 
this this campaign that people will trust. And I think a lot of what's making people donate is that the people that are on the board currently are people who have been stand-up people in the community. People have trusted me with their kids for about 15, 16 years now. And, and a lot of people I found have supported just because they know me or they know it's important to me or they know Dexter or they know Michelle or Janelle. So it's, it's like if you're on the fence, don't be on the fence because you you don't feel like you're going to know where your money's going. We're keeping track of it. Every person that donates in person or we go collect the donation because they, maybe they can't come out to, to bring it. We've actually been going to houses and picking up money or offices and things of that nature. You sign a form with your name, your address, um, how much your donation was. And heaven forbid if we don't make our mark, um, we are returning all the money that we have received. So that's why we're taking down people's information. We also are taking it down because, as we said before, it's a tax deduction, and we'll be sending out those forms um, after the campaign is over. So we want to make sure that people understand this is not, you know, anything we're trying to do that's shady or anything like that. We just have a heart for the community, and and we're here working hard, and, and we can use any help we can get. So hopefully some of those folks that's on the fence We'll get off of it and, and get over here and bring us some, some donations. Yeah, and I appreciate you saying that, you know, getting off the fence. Part of the reason why this show came about, you know, my sister texted me while I was on the conference call with you and said, hey, why don't you do a show on this? And I was like, ding, ding, ding. You know, when people right. step up, and big shout out to her, you know, Sabrina, for, for, for helping this come about because when you step off the sidelines and take an active role in your community, you know, it, it speaks highly. Uh, and you said something earlier, Centurion, that I want to point out that I don't want to overlook. You said, you know, you might not have money, but you can pray. And I'm glad you said that because that's just not a, a moot point, and I hope that doesn't fall on, you know, deaf ears. Uh, right. You know, prayer works. And right. And I think about, you know, um, Michael Fordham said earlier, you know, the church coming to, coming to life, you know, being – being active, you know, somebody might be sitting back and hating. And, and I, I would hope there, there's always going to be some folks that, you know, are haters. But I, I ask the question this, you know, you know, if you're in the community and you can't play a role, um, that, that says something because the young person that you might save, the young person that has somewhere to go after school, you know, if you, some people might say, you know, I'm going to help for selfish reasons. The person that you save might right. be the young person to not run up in your house or right. carjack you. you know, right. Like, you know, it's really a community. And that's, that's so true. That, that is that is very true. And, and unfortunately, I, I've seen kids over the years that have gotten kicked out of school and may not have been a part of the Boys and Girls Club and may not have come to the summer programs. And and they have been the ones that maybe have run up into people's houses and things of that nature. And I'm like, if we don't save these buildings, we're going to have a lot more kids on the street looking for something to do. And and a lot of times, I hate to say it, but this place is is their one meal after school. Um, yeah. yeah. Or, or this is the one place where they go and their homework is checked every night. So when they go to school, you know, the parents don't have to worry about that. And I speak from ex- experience because, I've been here in the in the trenches at the Boys and Girls Club and know that, you know, I worked at the school during the day and in the Boys and Girls Club after, in the afternoon, and I see these kids all day long. And I'm like, you know, pretty much your parents can pick you up. All they have to do is shower and feed you and put you to bed, and sometimes they didn't even have to feed them. That's what this means to the kids here. And, and, and people, you know, keep saying, I commend you for what you're doing and this, that, and the third. And I said, you know, at the end of the day, I understand that God put me here for this. And right. if you're walking in your purpose, you'll always be blessed. And and I, and I told someone that the other day. So if this is what we're here for and we're built for it, there's nothing going to stand in the way of God making this happen for us. But we also have to make people a little bit more comfortable with donating and, and coming over and seeing what's going on. And I encourage people to get on the conference calls, to come out to the rally, to come out to the information meetings because it's easier to sit at home and make up a story or say, I heard this, that, and the third than for them to come out to the meetings for some reason. And if you come out to the meetings and get the pertinent information, 
you can take the correct information back out to the community and get more people involved. And so that's why the transparency thing has come about. And it's helped a lot for those people that jumped on the conference call or those people who have come to the, the, the meetings that we've had so far is that they're like, oh, well, I was told something completely different, but now that I know that's not true, I'm going to make right. my donation. Right. So it, it's, it's helping a lot that we can get more people informed and get more people involved. And the, the biggest thing to me that's been heartwarming is that although this is an African-American side of town, quote-unquote, it's been every race of people donating money and every wow. race of people wanting to come out to the rally and wanting that's to right. donate, that's wanting right. to volunteer time and their efforts and, and, and committed and pulling in more people. I've had people yes, call Lord. me like, I've donated and I'm pulling in this, this, this person, and they're going to donate too. So it's been a great effort of, and I, and I had a good friend of mine even write, we all know that there's only one after-school organization or, or rec center type program here other than this one, and that's the YMCA. And they're like, we know all our kids can't afford to go to the YMCA. We have to save these buildings because we can't afford to have hundreds of kids out on the street with nowhere to go, especially with right. summertime approaching. Yeah, so that, I, that's just kind of what we, what, where we're at. It's like you know, let's let's jump together, building uh, not just our community on the east side, but a, com- a sense of community in the city of Asheboro. And I, and I want to add to that uh, right quick, if I could. The these guys go. They go from place to place trying to find activities to do. Um, I mean, winter, spring, summer, fall, whatever. Uh, they they play basketball. They play outside. And what what happened was they had an actual park that they were going to over at, uh, at Memorial uh, of Asheboro as part of the Central Asheboro, uh, well, south of Asheboro. And they were going out there playing basketball every day in large groups, uh, the, the people from this community, was going over there. Well, what happened was they took the goals down. So they didn't have anywhere to go. They took the goals down. And we said, "We are you serious? They took the goals down from the commu- you know, from the people in the community over there?" So these guys were basically getting in cars, uh commuting and going to other cities to play uh their, their basketball. We want to we want to stop that. We want to have a place for them to go and and call home. We don't want this to happen because if, if right. they're doing that, they're in danger of doing something else. And that's so important that you mentioned that, Dexter, you know, the need to keep our young people actively engaged in something positive. You know, I'm, I didn't grow up in Asheboro. I didn't spend my formative years there. I was born there and spent some time, you know, after right. Uh, right. after high school there. And um, I remember going to the gym one time and an uh, old school guy was around. And he said, man, I remember when you and your when me me and your dad used to run this gym, man, you know. Right. <laughs> and, and, yeah, big shout-out to, you know, the, the late uh, Reverend Phil Brown. Uh, I don't That's know how right. much he was running. I think he was a he was an okay basketball player. He was a big guy. He was a big guy. He, yeah, about yeah. 6'3". He, had, he had, a little, had a little game on him with his, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Chuck Taylor shoes on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think about, you know, your dad and, you know, and, and Oki, your parents, uh and Dexter, your parents, you know, who just examples of those who've come out of the community. And Asheboro has a tremendous legacy, you know, of some some fine people staying in that community and, and also who have left that community. Uh, why don't both of you talk a little bit about that history and the legacy of, you know, of those facilities? Well, I do know one, uh, uh, definitely one that stands out in my mind. Uh, my dad used to have a boxing program uh, there back in the 70s. Um, yeah, and it was uh, it was he were he was a police officer on the force then uh, before he became a detective on the force. But he had it was called the Asheville Police Department Boxing Club. But uh, he had everyone he was trying to help the guys from the east side, uh, just like we are now, to stay out of trouble. And uh, he had a lot of guys on that boxing team. Uh, wow. And one stood out was Chucky Everett. He he made it out of there and went and started boxing pro. And he was even on the ESPN and all that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, right. there's there's some success stories out of there, you know, uh, that that can help these guys and motivate these guys. And Chucky came back home, and uh, I talked to him for a brief brief moment last year, and he was wanting to uh, get back into doing that and getting the community back to to boxing. Uh, 
you know, having those boxes. Yeah. Man, that those those matches were packed inside that gymnasium <laughs> that we're talking about. I mean, they were they were they were sitting there standing around and selling <laughs> hot dogs and fish and everything else. I mean, <laughs> wow. that place was so packed. It was it looked like something out of uh, out of a movie. But to it, add to it, that, we, um, Dexter, it's it's funny. They still have to hold the boxing classes in here. Um, there's a gentleman in the community that still teaches boxing lessons here in the gym. And it was funny, we got a donation from a lawyer here in Ashboro that actually still trains boxing here. And he said he gave his donation because he didn't want us to lose these buildings where he goes and trains twice a week. And so the boxing thing is still carrying on something that, you know, Dexter's father had started, and it's still carrying on, and people are making donations just because of their connection with the boxing. Wow. And you know what you guys are doing? You, you never know the impact of what that you're making now just by having this conversation. Somebody might be listening in a remote area away from Asheville, and they're saying, you know what, we can do something in our community. We don't have right. to just sit back and talk about what the young folks are doing or, you know, how they're dressing and, you know, right. and really get engaged. You know, that young person that maybe you see walking down the street, you know, young man uh, who has his pants down, uh, I'd put you like this. If I had a dollar for every young person I've asked to pull their pants up, I'd be rich. Right. But one thing I noticed when I engaged them is, you know, I've never, you know, I've never been disrespected if you ask somebody in a respectful way. Many right. of our young people are just waiting to be engaged. Right. Like, you know, you'll notice me for my pants if you don't notice me for something else. Talk about right. what you guys have seen as far as, um, you know, how maybe young people are getting involved in this effort. I, w- I will say this, and I think – it kind of comes from what you were talking about with our parents. And 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 what drove me to do this, again, I said my mother was an assistant director at the daycare. My father was one of the only two black foremen that ever worked for the city of Ashboro. And wow. um, Dexter's father was one of the first black people on the police force here in Ashboro. So right. we came from trendsetters. We came from people who, who paved the way for a lot of people. And and my dad, I remember, was so upset talking about the park situation, so upset that, you know, the parks in other areas were much nicer than ours. And he started a mm. petition because he said, if I'm going to have to go out here and clean this park and clean the park across town, the least you could do since I pay my taxes and the rest of these people in this community pay their taxes is give us an equal play, playground for our children. And he started a petition, and people started signing it, and it forced the city to put new play equipment at our park. Now, looking at that years later, it always brings me pride in, in driving by or hanging out at the park watching kids play because I know I came from someone who helped make that happen. Yeah. And, and and now seeing working at, at this the summer fun program and working at the Boys and Girls Club has given me like I said, about 16 years of being able to help nurture these kids in the community. And it's been great um, to see that five kids specifically just came up to me the other day and said, we want to challenge each other. We came from the Boys and Girls Club. We're alumni. We want to join together and join forces, and we are challenging each other to come up with $300 worth of donations apiece from our group which was a leadership group from um, the Boys and Girls Club. We taught a class twice a week. They ran a school store, so they sold snacks after school for the other kids to purchase. They ended up raising enough money. They traveled to Atlanta. They traveled to Chicago and things of that nature, going to their their meetings and, and com- conventions and stuff. They're coming together right now to challenge each other. You come up with $300, I'm going to come up with $300. Together, wow. we're going to make a a $1,500 donation so that no kid ever has to know what what it's like to not have those buildings there. That's and and tell, them about the, me. tell them about the girls that's uh, doing the, the rummage sale, too. At, uh, at the, that's the, the, same, young, that's the, the same group. group. That is the same okay, group. Okay. They are taking donations. That five, Those same five kids are taking donations, and they're trying to come up um, with a rummage sale to sell, you know, gently used items. And they said that, you know, anything they sell won't be over $5. And, and they were going to clean their closets out as soon as they got off the phone with me to wow. set up a rummage sale. Yes, and so stuff like that kind of makes it all worth it for me because I understand now that 
even if you look at these kids one day and you think they didn't get anything I taught them over the years, when it really matters, that stuff kicks back in. You know, and and, and I yeah. talk to parents a lot about how they say, oh, my teenagers did that in the third. And I said, give them to about mid-20s when they have to do it all on their own. They'll come back and say, thank you. I appreciate what you taught me. And it, yeah, everything, right. all those lessons will start coming back to you. And that's what I'm starting to see is, is those young people are getting fired up like, I don't know where I would have been if I right. didn't have these people in my life that took me in and, and mentored me and helped me with my homework and, and loved on me and took me places that I'd never been before. Hey, Mike, Michael Fordham, uh, you think we can make it to Asheboro by 3 p.m., man? They got me hyped, bro. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Man, yeah, they, they are. They are. They are getting through. me in, man. <laughs> yeah, we'll come take my car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Mike, I know you wanted to jump in, man. I tell you, they, they are inspiring. I believe they are truly inspiring some folks today. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to jump in earlier, but I was just listening and, and sort of reminiscing with you guys and, uh, you know, just bringing back those memories of the, um, the times that you had and uh, the impact that having that community um, back in the day, um, you know, and what you guys shared and, you know, learned from your experiences, you know, I think that can touch the lives of just about anybody who's had an opportunity to go to a rec center or an after school program anywhere and understand just how important these things are. Uh, one of the things I just want you guys to get back to um, just briefly is uh, the timeline of where you guys are you know, you, you've got a, a pending court case. What you guys want to accomplish before that time with the money that you will be raising and what you hope to transpire after the fact when you guys go there and show up with um, hopefully more than enough funds to take care of the debt. Okay, our goal right now, uh, short-term goal, is uh, to raise twenty five to 40000 and by February the 10th, uh, the president, Danielle McNair, was asking uh, 250 people to 400 donors of donating $100 each. Um, just yesterday, I mean, they were they were coming in, uh, $100 here, $100 there, $100 here. I mean, they were raking in. So we're just trying to get uh, emergency notice out there that this thing is real and it's, we have to get this funds in very quick. Um, after we get this, then we're able to uh, uh, to go and sit down and talk with the bank uh, about paying the debt, and uh, if if that doesn't work, we'll get we'll issue another way. We'll get another bank. We do have another bank account, but we'll work work to try to get this thing refinanced. But we we have a lot of positive steps in doing this, uh, and everything looks very good for us. We just have to get the monies in and. Um, Right now, uh, we're doing audit of all financial records, uh, everything that was that's due uh, behind or whatever. We kind of jumped into a Pandora's box when we got in in this thing because we were just elected uh, last Saturday. I think it was was it last Saturday, Miss Harris? Yes, sir. We just got elected to board, and when we did, this thing was brand new to every one of us, uh, except for maybe two that knew a little bit of what was going on. But we didn't want to look back. We wanted to look forward and just and just take this thing head on. We were serious about it, and we promised the community that we would not lose these buildings. And that's what we're trying to do today is is get people fired up and to help us out and and the saving these things. As as you can see, how important it is. I think another you know, awesome is thing focus. to mention is just like that for the board members that are now on the board. We were actually just citizens that decided to say, look, we can't lose these buildings. We were doing work and fundraising as soon as we found out. We weren't even board members at the time, but people, we started stepping up and saying, we can't let this happen. And I, I, I think that kind of shows what type of people we are and, and what we hope to accomplish. It's like even if I was never elected to the board, I was still going to fundraise and do my part. And we just right. got to keep getting more and more people that are willing to take that kind of initiative to help out. Right. And, Dexter, let me ask you, um, talk about the new direction that um, you see this board heading and the new facilities heading, because that's what I took away from the conference call. Um, you know, before I made my donation, I pretty much had two questions in mind. You know, right. what is the leadership? Is leadership mm -hmm. in place? And I heard that on the conference call. I heard leadership. 
And secondly, you know, where do we go moving forward? And I got a sense, a good sense of both. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Because um, I'm, yes, I'm, I'm a firm believer, you know, that sometimes it takes, unfortunately, it takes um, negative situations in order mm-hmm. to move us into a new direction. Talk a little bit about the new direction. Yes, sir. We uh, we're we're organized to you know to promote the growth and prosperity uh, in Asheboro through our, through the, through the community of Eastside uh, Board. Um, what we're trying to do is we're trying to reconstruct both the daycare and the gym facilities um, through new contracts, new lease agreements. Uh, we need to get the money coming in from that daycare. We want to we want to restructure it, get it built back up to where it was at one time. It it was a lot of students and a lot of kids in there, um, and you know, and due to low enrollment, things started to change. So we want to get the right people in there, right directors, and reform that thing and get it going again like it's supposed to be. Um, gymnasium, we want to have events. We want to we want to get the community back in there. We want to have the guys in there playing basketball again, like I said, and we want to start the boxing up. We want to do the uh, um, right now. They do have a uh, uh, a sublease agreement with a guy that has, puts wrestling in there. We want to keep that going, uh, but we want to make sure that the funds, everything that comes through that gym, is transparent to the community, and they can see what, what we got going on, how much we got going on. And uh, we're doing it. We're doing it right now. Where everything that's 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 coming into this gymnasium uh, in the future will be transparent, and uh, it won't be anything that no one on this side of town, that side, will be hidden from. And that's I think that helps them to donate and uh, see what we're doing. Um, far as the uh, as the um, the the Asheboro homes on the other side, the houses of the elderly, uh, they're they're pretty much good on their part uh, on that side uh, through grants right now. The main concern is the Ashford Daycare Building and the gymnasium, which houses the Boys and Girls Club. Those are the two that's in threat right now. Uh, if we can save them, we uh, we have a lot of ideas from the community, and we're using them. Everybody's, everybody has a voice, so anything that they come up with, we put it to the board, and we, hey, okay, it, it can be done. That's a good idea. Oh, okay, of course. Yeah. And that's how we work it. We it's it's a community wide thing. I think awesome. the the biggest thing for me is that with all these people donating their money, as the board, we have a responsibility to now return um, some of that sense of community and and make this more of a community center where people feel more welcome to rent the place for special events. And also, I, my idea is to have something at least every quarter or every month there that the com- community event to where we can bring the community together and, you know, have a good time and enjoy each other's fellowship, whether it be May Day or a Black History Month um, program or anything like that, the Martin Luther King breakfast or maybe something for Mother's Day or something. whatever the case may be, we have to kind of instill that back as a way to thank the community for rallying together to help save the buildings. So moving forward, I think that's going to be a big thing. And, and the basketball yeah. thing has been a big issue with kids not having anywhere to go, and we are putting in place an open gym schedule so that kids can come in and there are certain hours and they know that the gym will be open to come shoot ball. Excellent, excellent. Mike, I believe you had a question too, didn't you? Actually, no. Uh, <laughs> now the question, I, I'm just excited, man. Can I just say that <laughs> I, I, I am just Amen. so proud Amen. and so happy <laughs> To hear, you know, Dexter and Centeray just talk about their passion and their commitment to um, their community, to kids, to the future, and um, making a difference. And, and it's just powerful, you know. Um, yeah. when, when, I, yeah. when I hear about people like this, this is the true heroes out there in our communities, people who are making a difference, changing lives, connecting, and doing the things that a lot of folks just say they would like to do but just don't find the time to actually make a difference. So that's just awesome. And and I just want to say that. I mean, what you guys are doing, um, there there should be awards for folks like you just to recognize, <laughs> not that the awards would actually mean anything beyond the, the changed lives that you get to check back on and, you know, and find out just the impact that you've made. But just 
the fact that you guys are willing to do this without anyone sell, saying to you there's some type of reward in the things that you do. You just go out there and do it because of that passion. Right. I can tell you this, uh, Miss, Miss uh, Santa Ray Harris and myself, she stays right down the street from the gymnasium. She's always been involved with uh, with everything that goes on over there since you know since she was of age to do it. I'm a I'm a little older than just a little bit older. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, but yes, uh, she she's been involved with with uh, those kids over there for you know for a long time now. And me myself also, we we both are coaches. Um, she coaches at the high school level in, in uh, basketball. I coach the high school level in basketball, but now I'm a bell bondsman, and I coach an AAU basketball team. Uh, so we're very much interactive with the community in a positive and a negative way on my end, you know, because I'm, I'm getting them out of jail. You know, I, I see the ones that's in jail and that's there, and I get them out, and I talk to them, and I, I get the chance to talk to a lot of them when they come out because I'm on their contract. So I'll give them my speech and tell them what I need them to do, you know, and most and unfortunately, some of them were students that I had uh, that I coached, and and but at the time they were not, uh, they did not have an opportunity to have uh, uh, the gymnasium or whatever outlet, and that's what we're trying to get back. Um, but as far as me and Miss uh, Miss Harris's record as as being in the community helping these kids, that's nothing that we we we're just. I guess numb to it. We, we it's something we've always done. So it's just, it it right. seems like it's part of our job. We've always done it. So it's nothing big. Um, and we want other people. We just want other people to to get in and and help and feel that way about their mm-hmm. community and not just sit back and maybe you know hear, you hear negative news and they gossip about it. And then we don't want you know it, it gets it gets depressing to hear stuff like that sometimes when you know that that there's a positive approach to everything. But at the same time, we love everybody, and we, we talk to, to the naysayers and the, the yeses, you know. So we're just trying to put them all together in one big pot. <laughs> that is very awesome. true. And, and I think, again, for us, it personally goes back to coming from those parents, like my godfather, which is, is Michael's father, Reverend Brown, and, and my godmother and, and my parents and, and and Dexter's parents who have been those those almost freedom fighters and and trendsetters and role models and mentors and you know actually have given people our age advice and jobs and love when we needed it and things of that nature. So it's, I, I feel like personally it's my responsibility. I don't have an option of not helping and not giving back because I come from two people that that's what their life was. It was about right. service to others. And and I think all of our parents, in some capacity, were that same way. Their responsibility, their purpose on earth, the reason God put them here was to serve others. And and, and I feel like you know I have a responsibility. I don't have an option to sit around and wait and see if somebody else is going to step up and do it or try to make it happen. Got to jump and, in. And that and, is and so true. That that is so true. I think because of our parents and and she, she, when she said that I I just that just clicked in my head hold up yeah our parents were like that <laughs> cuz my yeah. dad he was he's he was one of the sit-in groups uh, at this little restaurant downtown called Hops Barbecue mm-hmm. uh they wouldn't serve through the front they had to serve through the back so they had a little sit-in crew from their school that sat in and got arrested wow. and and yeah they got arrested and went to jail and they you know they he used to make jokes about it. He said, "Yeah, we was in there singing We Shall Overcome.'" He said, "About the third day, we, it got kind of quieter. <laughs> they wanted to go home. <laughs> they, were, they were homesick. They wanted to go home." But he said they they did a big thing back then. And then, not too long after that, they asked him to be on the police force. Right. So wow. that that was something big, you know that that uh, that came about from that. So our you know the parents are a big part, and we're trying to be those parents too. We're trying to be those parents now of the now age to talk to these kids so they won't uh, uh, leave that legacy behind. Yeah, that that legacy is important. And, you know, the investment that we make to our young people, you know, it, it really matters. Century, give us that information again. I think people are ready to give. They're ready to give not only finances but their time, their energy, their support. How can they do that again? Run that for us. Okay. So if you're making sending checks or money orders, um, you send that to East Side Improvement Association, P.O. Box 423, 
Asheboro, North Carolina, 27204. If you are going on Fundly.com, you can click on either link. One is um, Save East, I think Save Central Gym and Asheboro Daycare, and the other one is Asheboro Daycare or Central Gym and Asheboro Daycare Fundraiser. You'll see the both of them. They both have um, pictures up with our information, um, so you should be able to get on those pretty easily and, and click those. If they want to come out to the community rally, they're in the area and they're listening. The community rally rally is this afternoon at 3 p.m. We are doing 144 envelopes, so if you're coming today, just be prepared to put between a dollar and 144 dollars in your envelope, whichever envelope you get. Um, also, you can. Uh, we're having an old school rent party on February the seventh at nine p.m. at the gym. So we're just charging ten dollars to get in, and that's another way we're raising funds. Um, and all our meetings, we are selling concessions and things of that nature. We have another meeting this Tuesday night, February the fourth, at I think seven o'clock. So we're giving out more information, kind of letting the public know where we stand as far as how much money we've raised and. Um, what we still need to get done. And so at those meetings, we're selling concessions as a way of bringing in revenue as well. Um, and, and feel free, if you're on Facebook and you're wanting to give and you just don't know how to contact anybody else, feel free to contact myself or Dexter, the Century Harris, or Dexter Smith on Facebook, and we can point you in the right direction. Uh, we can also get you guys our email addresses if, if anyone is interested um, so that you can post that and, and get them that information. I appreciate both of you all being on so much today. You know, I tell you, the, the struggle Thank continues. You. We've got to save these facilities, you know, the option yes. of, well, what happens if we don't? And I don't think that needs to be on the table right now. You know, we got no option. You know what's at stake. Right. Right. And, um, right. Sintero, if you'll go first, just some parting some parting comments, and then when she finishes, uh, Dexter, you can come right in after her. Okay. Well, again, I just want to reiterate the the big thank you for having us on today. And just just whatever your reasoning is for donating, just please donate, whether you're an alumni of Central School, whether you went to the Boys and Girls Club, the summer camp, whether you know someone involved with the situation, or whether you just feel like it's the right thing to do or you'd like to give to charitable organizations, we just we need your help. We are, are coming with an earnest heart and just really trying to save our kids in this community and give them somewhere to grow and develop and learn and be around people who love and care for them. And so, you know, whatever you can do, even like I said before, if you can't donate, share the family page account so that other people can see it. Or just send up a prayer for us and our efforts. Um, if, you, if you can't you do anything else, you can pray. Excellent. Okay, and and I'd like to just um, to really thank you guys for letting us uh, be on this show and get the word out to the people and the public, uh, the community. I mean, that really means something big to us. Um, and um, like I said before, it's all about the heart. Um, if you love if you love yourself and you love the human race, you would look at this and say, This is something important to donate to. This is something very important. We've laid out all the issues out. You've heard us talk about them and all the testimonies um looking back and I think that's something that's very important uh, to think about donating to. If you're very if you're here or from far away, uh it's something that's very important. Thank you. Awesome. No, thank you. Thank you both for being on. Thank you, Michael Fordham, for joining us. Uh, don't get weary and well doing. And uh, thank you for being on. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Our closing thoughts, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard it directly from those who have their sleeves rolled up and are doing the work that the community needs done. It's easy to make excuses. It requires effort to make change. I might not be able to do what you can do. You might not be able to do what I can do. But together, we can all do something. That's right. Do something. Do something positive, something lasting for yourself and for others. You'll experience the benefit of it from it, and those that come after you will as well. 
Remember, ministry minus urgency leads to catastrophe. A community that is willing to save itself is a community worth fighting for. As always, love God, love people, and live on purpose.